0: Hello
1: everyone, and welcome back to Pretend World's Real People for the last episode of 2022. Now I can't believe this year's flown by. December is almost over. Christmas was yesterday, and now New Year's is quickly approaching. But I'm ready for the new year. I Can't wait for it. A lot of good stuff coming in. A lot of a lot of long days of work. I can feel it already. Uh, but I hope everybody is is ready for the new year. I have this episode. And then I have one more on January 2nd and Then I'm going to take about a week, week and a half off because I got to focus on a bunch of other stuff work wise that uh, you know, just really needs my attention. And then I will be back. I might take a day or two off just to, you know, relax a little bit. But, you know, you didn't hear that from me. Uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> but anyway, everyone. As some of you may know, if you follow us on TikTok, I started a TikTok profile for the podcast. And uh, with that, I, I hadn't really explored TikTok before then. So I was taking a look at it, trying to figure out what the algorithm wanted me to see. And then I found this week's guest. And this week's guest is an actor, writer, producer, and an influencer from, I'm going to say it, it's embarrassing, but from down Anda. Uh, it took forever for me not to use an Australian accent during this entire interview. Uh, I'm so sorry to our guest because if any of you know me, I'm a goofball. I love to do an Australian and a Kiwi accent. Thankfully I held back, but I am talking about the lovely, the hilarious Belle Larkham. Now her, her TikTok channel, I'll just promote it shamelessly right away. It's full of positivity. It will brighten your day. She's hilarious. She's funny. She's just, she's a ball of positive energy and uh, you need her on your TikTok if you are on said application. But her story is really, really insane. I mean, she went to the university to... <laughs> she went to the university. She went to university to study chemical engineering and left that behind to pursue her love of theater and has since produced numerous musicals and and comedic pieces. But since 2020, she is kind of dove into the world of reality television where she now works as a producer. She's just awesome. I I really can't say any more. (laughs) And actually I can say more during this interview. This was done about 2 AM my time. So if I'm a little more dorky than usual, this is why Uh, nonetheless, it was a joy talking to her. She was fantastic. I hope I can have her back on the show, but uh, without further ado, Please welcome Belle Larkham.
0: Hello, I am Belle Larkham, or as I'm known to all the wonderful people on the internet, uh, Slice of Salami. And uh, like most creatives, I kind of puzzle piece together a million different jobs to make up my my wages each week. I um, mostly am a TikToker. But I also write and uh, produce musicals, and then am uh, a reality TV producer. So I'm on a reality TV contract at the moment, but I jump around between those two.
1: You're so busy! Like, I get, I, get <laughs> I shake thinking of how long of a day that is, just juggling. Especially, I'm sorry i I found you through TikTok. I just started it for extra exposure for this podcast, and I thought, mm. like, oh my god, your energy is infectious. Like it's just it's so much fun, and then finding out everything else you did. I mean, what what came first? Obviously, TikTok didn't come first when you know you were four or five. But what <laughs> have you always wanted to be? You know, a performer, be a writer, just be involved in the performing arts. How did that start for you?
0: Hundred percent. So I've always uh, been a performer. Like always, I was the kid, you know, forcing all of my friends to make little record, like recorded videos when we were younger. I used, I was obsessed with making ads for Milo. It was, it's like this my favorite chocolate drink. And as a kid, I would just love be like, let's just make Milo related content all the time. So yeah, it was always, always in front of a camera. Um, But then when I was like eighteen, finished school. Um, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a chemical engineer. And that was my, you know, I was kind of like, I'm going to hang up my performing boots. I know, <laughs> a bit of 180 <laughs> twits. Um, and so I did two months of chemical engineering at uni and secretly dropped out and didn't tell my parents. Um, and I remember, you know, sitting mum down and being like, I think I'm going to drop out of uni. You know, I already had dropped out. Um, and she was like, oh, okay, why and I was like I think I I really want to be a performer that's what I want to focus on and she was like you know are you sure like this is a big decision and I was like look around the room and every photo of me on every mantle like I'm in a costume I'm in some like ridiculous pose and I was like I think it's just always been always been what I wanted to do and so uh the next year I auditioned for the Victorian College of the Arts which is an acting university in Melbourne and I got in and so then that next year I went went off and it's sort of been rolling along since um yeah so that's how I got into theater and so then when I graduated I wrote my first show and then that sort of has kept going on from there
1: oh my god I gotta back up for a second chemical why chemical engineering is it something that you know one of your parents or your family is
0: no you know? no no <laughs> both my parents from the arts as well I um I was a big maths nerd in school I was oh. uh yeah I was I was a big maths head and I think to be honest, my middle brother, like who's older than me, but the middle one was really good at math. So I think part of young me just was like, yeah, I'm going to impress him and <laughs> show him what up. Um, but as soon as I started, I, yeah, I did two months of it and I was like, mm, the novelty is worn off. I don't know that I want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is quite difficult.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. That's insane. I, I think you and Ashton Kutcher, those are the only two people I know of who have joined the arts after, you know, going for a, chemical engineering or mechanical engineering type degree, uh or at least trying for it. That's that's insane. At least you tried it out. You know, it didn't work. And now you're doing something you you love. So I'm not too familiar. I've never been to Australia. I don't know, you know, what the arts are like over there. But is there a lot of support from not only, you know, like people around you, but from, you know, the the country of the government as far as like arts being an important thing? Or what is it like over there?
0: It's it's hard to say because I feel like the arts could always use more funding, could always use more money, always use more time. But I was lucky our universities here are government backed, so you don't have to pay it all up front if you don't want to. So that part of it is huge like that. Wow. I don't know. No, I wouldn't have been able to go unless the government had backed that. And now, um, now that I've graduated, a lot of our shows start off with some kind of government funding or local council funding. You get that, you know, that gets you to writing the show. And then once it's written, you can go to proper, like, you know, theatres and get funding and that stuff. So everything I do sort of starts with some kind of government backing in some way. So yeah, it's pretty, like, pretty lucky to do what I do. And like, obviously I come, yeah, I come from a pretty lucky environment that I could even go to that uni in the first place. Yeah. Oh, that sounds Um, awesome.
1: Well, in... For your, uh, I always love diving into the writing process, especially with theater, something I'm not familiar with whatsoever. Like I act on in front of a camera. That is my comfort zone. I can't imagine writing for something on stage. So what is your writing process like when you're coming up with a theater piece or a musical or just even a, a flipping monologue what is that like for you is it insane is it chaos do you have dry erase markers all over the wall like what, what oh happens yes
0: <laughs> I have lots of uh lots of palm cards with every scene that I want like plastered along my wall so that I wake up every morning and I just look at my wall like with scene names and half song ideas everywhere and then I just go okay you know I'll notice that this one I haven't written on it in six months so I go let's just let's just get rid of that one we don't, we don't need it <laughs> um but I usually write with friends so I always you know that's that's my biggest secret pick someone else that you think is a good writer and write with them and that way you know you shoulder the shoulder the bad days and if one of you has writer's block the other one usually doesn't can get the other one out of the stupor so that's I um I wrote my first show with two of my best uh best mates from uni and it was it was so much fun it was just an excuse to hang out really and we yeah we wrote down every idea we had for the whole show um, every song idea every you know vague titles of scenes that we kind of had an idea of and then we just went away and you'd, I'd be like oh I've just found myself writing this song and more and more and more of it and then you bring it to the group and you basically just do show and tells each week oh that
1: sounds like a blast I mean we we try to do some of that here uh but you know I'm not <laughs> I'm not uh within like the a theater type groups so I can only imagine mm-hmm. the The amount of fun you guys have, especially when there's a couple of coffees and drinks involved of just (laughs) the sheer manic ideas that pop off. So I do want to ask you what what's your favorite, you know, uh, theater piece that you have written uh, that just I don't know, it, it tugs on your heartstrings or maybe it just gives you a really big smile thinking about it. What's what is that theater piece for you?
0: It would probably be my first show that I wrote after university. It's called Baby Bye Bye Bye. And it's um, uh, about being bisexual. And it was, I wrote it with two other bisexuals. And it was, it was the first time I'd gotten a review. So, and it just sort of, it had that, that innocence to it. We just sort of went in blind and just wrote a show for the sake of it. And then when we performed it, wow. thank, thank goodness it was good. But it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it just, I have such a soft spot in my heart for it. Um, and it was just lots of singing and dancing. So it was just a blast to do every night and yeah so i i'm always like when are we going to do a remount i think i think it's been a few years we can we can bring it back
1: oh, especially with i mean you the audience you have on social media you know you can just promote the heck out of it right and and mm-hmm. have a really successful just um rejuvenation of that piece and sorry my uh my sorry listeners it is midnight my time it is <laughs> 6 p.m on bell's time I'm catching up. I got it. We're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, but ah, this is the question I wanted to ask you. So you grew up surrounded by, you know, arts workers and arts performers within your family. Was there anybody either within your family, maybe somebody you had seen in theater or on TV that you really looked up to as not necessarily an idol, but somebody you thought, you know, if they can do it, I want to do that too. Was there anybody you had in mind growing up?
0: Oh, growing up, yeah. I would I any sort of any Broadway performer, like Bernadette Peters is one of my all time idols. And I I would sit up all night in bed and like you know, kill myself for school the next day, just watching Tony <laughs> award acceptance speeches. And I would just watch the, you know, the opening numbers. And I just, the, I just remember sitting there all night, like eight hours a day, just watching these speeches and how, yeah, just how emotional they all were. I was like, oh, that's like, I want to be like that. And like their, the, their willingness to just sort of share their emotions, even just in a speech, I was always so inspired by mm. But yeah, any any kind of, Kristen Chenoweth, I remember seeing her perform live. She was. I was obsessed with her when I was younger and seeing her perform live for the first time, I just cried the whole performance. <laughs> She's a hero in the flesh. Like anyone, I just love those. Like you said, I've kind of got the energizer bunny energy. So any performers that are sort of have that essence to them that aren't, I don't, I find I don't relate as well to kind of more serious theater types. Like I always feel a bit lost in those, those you know vaguely pretentious but also just more educated theater conversations I'm out of my depth I'm like I like people who you know light and fluffy that's my sort of vibe so those are the kinds of performers that I would always look up to
1: so you're not the first in line to watch the Nightman Cometh or or no was it Iceman I'm thinking of It's Always Sunny Iceman Cometh I think that's what it's called
0: (laughs) Oh, <laughs> that's it. I I'm trying that. to I'm trying to expand my repertoire. I'm getting better, but at the heart, like, I'm a rom com girly at heart. I can't I can't fight that.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I have to ask you this then. What's your go-to rom com?
0: Oh, that is such a good question. Uh <laughs> Notting Hill with Julia Roberts Ooh. and she grant that is my fate. If I ever can't sleep, that's what I put on at midnight.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's a and you can just you can go to sleep with it on because I feel like I'd have to finish the entire movie.
0: No, no 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 I've uh, I've seen that enough times now I something about because a lot of it's set in a bookshop so it's yeah. quite quiet and so I just find it very relaxing to watch
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant brilliant I love it
0: Even <laughs> Julia Roberts I'm sold
1: that's fair I do have a, a sweet spot for uh America's Sweethearts oh yes yeah,
0: so okay. good so yeah. good yeah if it's a, if it's a if it's a rom-com I've seen it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, speaking of possibly rom-com, the reality show that you are producing, is this yes. a dating show? Is this like, a, um, I guess in America, they call it the challenge. Is it an Australian Jersey Shore? I could not find any information on this show.
0: <laughs> so this one, um, I've actually stepped out of my comfort zone. I do normally do sort of, I would say I'm a dating show or singing show kind of gal. Like I just did Australian Idol um, Australia's Got Talent and The Voice. I just did all three in a row. So a lot of singing shows this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. But this this one's a quiz show called The 1% Club. It's in England at the moment. Um, we're producing a season. And I know America's producing a season, but we beat, we beat you to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> brag, brag. <it> up.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a, it's a quiz show. And basically there's these uh brain teaser type questions and they rank them so it'll be like 90% of the population can answer this 80% this one blah 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 and it gets up to the one percent question and it's like who will be part of the one percent club oh, yeah it's really so fun crazy. I really and I love it because it's not like traditional trivia which I tend to not be great at and so it's 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 more yeah puzzles and and lateral thinking problems rather than just like you know do you know the capital of this country yes no
1: oh that sounds like way more fun
0: Mm, mm. like what was that
1: show when we were growing up uh the weakest link
0: yes love the weakest link (laughs) yeah anything you can play along with it at home it's great
1: yeah I I swear I had nightmares about being on that show at 10 years old (laughs) and just like (laughs) full-on stage fright like I don't know what
0: any of these words are why are you asking (laughs) she's so mean (laughs) (laughs) maybe you need to face your fear and go on
1: I you know what I will at some point I, I think it'd be a lot of fun even if it's just at a, a bar and they're doing it yeah this is my moment uh, that is
0: your moment, yeah <laughs> facing 10 year old you quaking in your boots exactly well how
1: how do you get from theater and, and writing for theater and performing in theater to producing reality television I I need to figure out how those two come together
0: Yeah, this has been sort of the biggest change in my life in the last couple of years. I was um, doing theatre full time. I was a musical gal. That was all I was doing. And then COVID hit and it's obviously there's no more theatre left. Um, And the first six months, I just lived the unemployed life. I learned to sew and I taught myself to roller skate. It was (laughs) very productive. And then uh, about six months in, I was like, no, okay, you should you should do something with this time and gain some sort of skill set. Uh, so I called a friend who worked in television and was like, "I'll clean toilets. I'll do anything. I just need to be around creative people. Still, I can't get a real job." Ah. <laughs> um, and so I started working uh, as a runner on a on a TV show on a, a singing sh- another singing show. Um, oh, actually, uh, name that tune. Uh, it came out in America, I think, last year. Oh yeah. I worked yeah. on the the reboot of that. That was my first TV show. Um, yeah, and I was just, you know, the coffee getter and the bin emptier, and then sort of slowly worked my way up as a runner for about a year, then did logistics, like was a PA and a coordinator, and then in the last 6 months have now moved to uh producing. So it's been yeah, it's been I feel like I've uh yeah, lived a whole life since covid, like just this new whole new career, so it's been really lucky.
1: Yeah, that's insane that especially going that far in 2 years or less. I mean, that that is huge. Is it and something one of those
0: people- oh sorry you go no no, no. go
1: ahead go ahead
0: <laughs> I was just, I'm one of those people that's a I I am like no hobbies like my work is always my hobby I'm I'm the person who's at the office until like midnight I'm like no it's fine I actually don't have anywhere to go like I'm happy to stay all day
1: <laughs> is it something you want to stick with for for a while or at some point do you want to kind of veer away from this and focus more on on theater and maybe like producing theater more
0: yeah, theatre is definitely my my passion and performing is my absolute passion. And I find I'm finding the reality TV is just a great skill set to learn for, you know, eventually I'd love to move into making and writing uh, TV so sitcoms, like sitcoms and rom-coms and that sort of genre is where I'd love to transition my career to. And so it's just been a really great skill set to learn about, you know, how the set works properly. I mean, my my second job, someone was like, can you hire a gaff? and I was Googling, what does a gap do? I need help. <laughs> so now I feel like I've got, you know, I really know, understand how a set works. I can be a, I can be like a talent that isn't, you know, taking anything on set for granted. I understand who's doing what and why. And I think that's a real, like really, really helpful when I'm in, in actor mode.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know what, it's something that uh, comes up a lot on, especially this show with everybody I talk to, but when did you, and this could even be going back to theater, but When did you realize that you were going to pursue the arts as a full fledged career where you thought, I'm not going to take X, Y, or Z job? I'm going to focus on this and build a career out of it. When did that happen for you?
0: It's so funny. It was probably when I was dropping out of uni. And I remember my best friend took me out for coffee. She's so sensible. She sat (laughs) me down and she was like, Belle, you know, what are you going to do next year? You know, this year you've done half your degree. You're going to, do some plays but what happens if you audition for these acting schools and you don't get in and I was like I'm just going to audition again and I'm going to keep rehearsing and I'm going to keep going and I'm I'm just like and I suddenly was like no 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 this is you know I was all defensive I was like no this is what I'm doing and I'm going to put everything into it and after that point I think I knew that it was going to happen I didn't know how or or what the steps would look like or what my life would look like but you know from there then I got into the uni and then. I wrote my first show and continued on. And then when COVID hit and I was working full-time in television, I was like, maybe it isn't going to happen. And maybe I'm going to be a producer forever. And I'm never going to be the performer that I'm sort of like dreaming of. And that's okay. And that's like, I love my producing career. So I was like, maybe that's got to be okay. And it's sort of the first time I think in my life that I'd really doubted it. And I'd been, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I've got to accept this other life. And then TikTok started blowing up and I was like, just kidding. (laughs) Everything's good again.
1: <laughs> when okay uh TikTok is still this like ethereal grand um, like um, ai god that i'm trying to figure out and trying to just hit with numbers try to get that algorithm working for me oh, when did that <laughs> work for you because obviously your content is great absolutely love it huge fan but like when did that occur where you thought oh i'm this, this got half a million likes. Yeah, i to keep doing TikTok is
0: this. an enigma to me. Even I still don't understand it. I'm like, some things do well, some things don't. It's not up to me to question why. I just, I do what I do and the gods will tell me what happens on the other side. Um, so my, that trio, that original trio that I first started writing with, one, uh, one of those girls, she uh, blew up on TikTok a couple of years ago um so I'd always had it in my head that it was something you could do because mm. I was like she's hilarious she's really funny she like thinks I'm funny so therefore you know it's similar we got a similar sense of humor so I she'd been famous I think she'd been doing really well for like a year and I was TikTok obsessed okay like I, I live on that app that app you know it, it consumes my waking moments and I was like, Belle, like, realistically, you've got to at least be posting something if you're going to be on it this much. I was like, okay, so my rule is I can watch TikToks as long as I post once a day. And so I I had my Belle Larkham account that all my friends follow. And I was like, no, it's I'm still too new to it. It's too embarrassing. Like, my ego is too fragile. I'll make a new account that no one follows, that no one will ever see. And I'll just post, just get used to posting every day and, like, get comfortable with it. Because I never really post on Instagram either. Like, I didn't use social media almost at all. So it's like, okay, I'll post once a day. And so I just posted my walk to work every morning. I just film myself being like, I'm hungover at work today or I'm happy at work today, whatever it was. <laughs> um, and after like two, they, one just blew up. I was like, oh, so my sl- Slice of Salami account, you know, became the main account. And my Bell Larkham is where I post all my dank stuff to my friends. Um, <laughs> and then from there, it was just sort of just kept kind of going. And it was, yeah, it was... um. Yeah, it was crazy. I've never felt like adrenaline like that before. I checked my phone and I had like a million, like actually a million notifications. And I was like, what is going on? This is crazy. Oh <laughs> uh, Wait, where
1: did the name come from?
0: Yes, this is uh this is my um, most confusing. When I I've only been recognized like a couple of times, like it's pretty mm. rare. But people just go, salami, and I'm like, ah. Uh, (laughs) so it came from when I was 10 I was obsessed with salami and every day I would go to my little local shop and I'd get a soft white roll a slice of cheese and 10 slices of mild Hungarian salami and make a little sandwich every day of the school holidays for my lunch and so when I was thinking I don't know I don't even know why I said slice of salami but that is and now I just, I love it too much. I have, it's like, I got a water bottle with it engraved on it. It's like a salami is me now. That's my name. All my friends now call me salami. Like I don't answer the bell anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, it works for your SEO as far yeah. as your ranking goes. Like no one else yeah. has that. I've referred people to your page. Like, you know, if you're feeling a little bit down, watch this video. She'll bring you right up. Her energy is amazing. Oh, what's it called? A slice of salami. <laughs> And they think I'm trying to pull one over on them. But it it does stand out.
0: Yeah, I knew I'd really made it when, if you Google slice of salami, originally like salami charcuterie boards were the top Google search. And I was like, wow, I've really made it now that I'm above (laughs) a charcuterie board. I was like, that is a big deal.
1: (laughs) You've you've officially made it in every facet of everything you're doing. And that's like, that's (laughs) upper echelon. And, you know, you... (laughs) You went to school briefly for chemical engineering, but if you weren't doing any of this stuff and you had to work, uh, I'll just call it a, you know, normal job, normal you know, winky face kind of job, what would you be doing?
0: Ooh, I do have like some fantasy in my head about working at a bank and being in like a pencil skirt and rocking up with a suitcase and being like a high powered businesswoman. Something about that is very appealing to me. Um, whether I would actually get any of the work done or just be like the office <laughs> clown, I don't know. But yeah, I sent, a lot of my friends work in banks. So I think that's where that comes from. I look at their lives. I'm like, wow, what a fascinating life you lead.
1: <laughs> Which is not the type of place you would think somebody would
0: say, but like,
1: I don't know. There's you, you, <laughs> it's very um it's funny you bring that up because i was watching yes man earlier today it was just on tv mm-hmm. and the line that uh norm has about yeah there's something magical about working at a bank just made me <laughs> chuckle. so <I> as <laughs> our it was just a weird coincidence that that's you know that's something you brought up but it sounds like it's something that you know you'd want to be not only part of you know this this machine this operation but to make it your own you mm. know like you'd you have your own vision for it. I think that's crazy important.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's something that I, is like both a blessing and a curse in my life is the, the want for more in sort of everything I do. And it means you kind of can't, you don't, I don't really rest, yeah. but it, or there, there's this kind of sense of always wanting the next step on things. And it means you can't really settle in your day to day, but it, I do love that in a career aspect. I'm like, with my friends, they're all the same. It's like, we always are just like, how can we make this moment bigger yeah. and brighter and more movie-like? And how can we do that with everything in our lives? And that's so, I feel lucky that all my friends are like that as well. So they understand it and they're not like, why are you always trying to make everything so big? <laughs> but yeah, that's, I feel like that's one of my like defining, defining qualities as a person.
1: Yeah, it's it's True. in your blood, man. <laughs> and you said that, you know, you don't really have hobbies. You, you work yourself to the bone. Uh, We all know you go swimming like that's that's one thing. Uh, But is there anything else you do to help yourself kind of unwind or decompress from your crazy work day? Uh, It doesn't have to be, you know, anything crazy just could be something simple. It could be making a a salami sandwich and watching, you know, an episode of something on Netflix. Like what what helps you kind of relax after everything you've done throughout the day?
0: I am uh on a social level so I live with uh four of my best mates so luckily there's always someone home like I'm a big chatter so we that's my main activity is you know at the end of the day we all have a big chat and then um you know either have a wine or a little and that that always just decompresses after the day it's fun after work you know you get so like so much adrenaline it's just any sort of menial activity like we'll put a yeah bad movie on maybe some reality TV. Like I'm as a, I work in reality TV, but I'm an avid consumer of reality TV as well. So that would be, if I'm with people, we just chin wag and have a big chat. But I also, I've got a piano just next to my bed and I, I reckon I, that thing just gets a little, plug the headphones in so I don't know my housemates. And I I, that would be my main wind down activity is just being very bad at the piano and practicing. <laughs>
1: I was about to ask, are you any good at the piano? Oh no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Self-taught. So yeah, that's it's the, the headphones are in for a reason.
1: <laughs> I will say uh the only song I know how to play on piano is DMX's X Gonna Give It To You.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, you play that on the piano?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Self-taught it. 12 years old and it's the only thing i will always remember is so when i see a piano i'll walk up and i'll start doing the opening x hey, to
0: you. Yes. I'll give it to you that is such that's my gym in my gym playlist for sure that is so funny maybe maybe that's that's my week's week's activities i'll learn how to play that on the piano you
1: should try it you should definitely try it out um oh,
0: that's that's a good fun fact
1: <laughs> a, like I said uh middle of the night i'm feeling loosey-goosey and this interview is going off the rails it's perfect, uh, but speaking of loosey-goosey, you said you love rom-coms. You're a huge rom-com fan. If you were to, and this is just a random question I just thought of now, if you were to pro- write and produce, direct act in your own rom-com, who would be your co-star? Who's one person you would want to act with, direct, or just be on set with?
0: Oh, that's a great, great question. <sighs> Oh, so if you'd ask ten-year-old Bell, zach Efron, all the way. So he's the name that's initially coming to my head because I'm just like High School Musical holds the key to my heart. But if it was now, maybe Anya Taylor Joy. She's just so incredible, like so incredible in everything she does. That yeah, I'd I'd love to just see her on set and be in her presence.
1: Oh yeah, there's something very um like atmospheric about her. I don't mm. think I'd be able to comprehend what I'm seeing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, I feel like if I'm within a meter of her, you can, you know, you, her presence has like extension around her. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm closer to God. I'm gonna go over here. Oh my goodness!
0: Much. What about you? Who would you choose?
1: Oh God! Oh, you reversed it on me. How dare you! <laughs> uh, damn, that is a that is a really hard one. Honestly, I think I think it would. Either be Anya Taylor-Joy or, um, oh my God, I just had her name, Emma Thompson.
0: <gasps> oh, yes. Like, oh.
1: I, I don't know what the role would be. I don't know what the movie would be, but yeah. she's always been amazing. And that's one person like, I will be the American valet that's a complete idiot that she's having to deal with.
0: That is the scene I want. <laughs> I love that. Oh, we'll see if we can make that happen. I'll try to write it into something.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes! Please, gotta manifest it. Um, what's uh before we get into our our last few questions, what what's next for you? This episode's going to come out, oh gosh, uh, sort of the tail end of this month, closer to the new year. So to kind of go with that, what what are your plans? What are your goals for twenty twenty three?
0: Well, very very exciting. I just got approved for a development for a new musical, like a and it's it's kind of half musical, most like dance show. Um, so I start writing that in early next year. Uh, so that's with oh, two of my two of my best mates, and it's about uh, an old faded Hollywood diva and a young up and coming social media star, and you know, they despise each other. But then they a- they have the same agent and they're forced they're forced to work together. And it's you know it's taking inf- influence from like. Uh, sunset boulevard what happened to baby jane the sort of older hollywood movies that's yeah i'm so very excited to start working on that and it'll be yeah probably performing end of next year
1: that's fantastic well i honestly i hope i have some work that'll book me down in australia so i can catch that sometime (laughs) next year (laughs) that's fantastic uh well okay we're gonna go back to really loosey-goosey goofy stuff and that is the i sent you the list of questions that constantly pop up. I have to ask you what kind of party story you have that you could share with our listeners. So something that stands out so immensely from your career, from your personal life, just something that, that really sticks out so much. You could easily recant it amongst friends at a party. Do you have something lined up for our listeners?
0: I do. I've got, I've got something, I've got something at the ready. I, um, this was, I was doing a, a musical and, we had gone away. We had a festival. We were performing the songs at a festival, and then we went to do the actual season of it. And at the festival, I don't know what happened to me, but I got some kind of food poisoning or something bad. I was not in a good way. But we didn't have any understudies or anything, so we just went to the the season of it. And every night before the show, I'd be lying on the floor, like so ill and my with my eyes closed just trying to, like, sleep. And my friend would paint my makeup on my face while I was there, like, huddling off. And on the side of the stage, we had a vomit bucket and I would like, go on, dance, be all crazy. And then just run off stage and try and vomit really quietly. So no one in the front row could hear <laughs> and then run back on and be like, la da, 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 da. you know, top hat and cane. And then run off and be like, <laughs> it was the longest, longest week of my life. I don't know. I actually don't know how I got through it. And I just, I couldn't keep anything. It was so crazy. I've never been so ill in my life and it was, oh, but we survived. God. We survived. <laughs>
1: Did anybody hear you uh, retching in the back?
0: No one told me that they heard me, which mm. is as good as no one heard me. You know, I don't know. <laughs> what I don't know won't hurt me.
1: <laughs> I have so many friends in theatre that I could definitely uh, relate to that story. There's a lot of food poisoning.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just, it's all, if it's going to go wrong, it's obviously going to go wrong on show night. Like, it's just, that's the way the oh, world yeah.
1: works. Oh, well, hats off to you for still performing with that in your system. Are you nuts? <laughs> Oh my yeah. god.
0: <laughs> I felt bad for the uh my co performers. I was just like, oh, how are you guys all doing this? I would not want to be near me right now.
1: Like, <laughs> don't go near Belle. She's yeah. wet as a ghost and <laughs> she's very uneasy. <laughs> uh, that's that's a perfect party story. I love that you had that you get that armed and ready to go. Usually it takes like thirty to forty seconds for somebody to think of something <laughs> to talk uh, about. No,
0: because you asked me, you emailed me, gave me a little heads up on that one. I've like, all day I've just been like, Oh, and that one. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, like, were you just, reminiscing on my life
1: (laughs) oh I love it I I really appreciate that uh and this goes really hand in hand with that story uh or it could but do you have any advice for our listeners that you could pass along whether it's somebody who is trying to develop a career in the arts or maybe somebody who's in it right now and trying to really stick it out even though you know COVID's kind of going up and down the world's crazy uh, and they're just trying to really focus on their craft do you have any advice that you've held on to that you could pass on to them
0: yeah, I've got sort of, I reckon, two, two main pieces that that I go back to a lot. Um, and the first one is ask for more advice than you think is even impolite to ask for. Like People love giving advice and people love being asked about their career and their life. So I that's my number one go-to is just every person I meet, I'm like, tell me about your career. I want to know how you started, how you got to now. And people love being asked because you people don't ask as often as I think you think they would. That sentence makes sense. You know what I mean? People are so often, yeah, people are so grateful when they get a chance to reminisce on their career, but also you learn so much by hearing what other people have done. And yeah, you can save yourself hours of mistakes by by listening to other people's stories. But also, um, I think the hardest thing about being in the arts is just some things take a really long time to happen. You can be trying at something, For years and years and years and years, and you don't see all the cogs turning behind the scenes. So you can get it gets really tiring trying to stay motivated and stay-I always call it determination exhaustion. Just wanting this career can be really, really tiring and really hard. And so it's just acknowledging that and, and allowing yourself to not want it sometimes and to be okay. Like if there's that day where you just want to lie in bed and you know you can't get up and be determined that day, lie in bed and don't get up and don't be determined. Like you don't have to want the career. 24 hours a day to still want it. Like you're allowed to have hours and minutes where you turn off.
1: That's a fantastic piece of advice. I don't think anyone's ever brought that up on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's crucial.
0: <laughs> I feel like I spent so much of my early career feeling guilty, being like, oh, well, if I don't you know, burn myself out, I don't want it enough. And it's like, well, yeah. actually the burnout is the thing that's stopping you from doing better because you're too tired and you can't, you can't be burnt out for the rest of your life. You'll, you'll die, yeah. so you need rest.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna be booked when they see you and go, Yeah, they, they either they don't care or they're exhausted and we don't need either. Yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, letting yourself, if you can, take those, take those days in bed. Pajama days, they they'll save your life.
1: <laughs> that oh buddy, that's me tomorrow. I got my Star Wars PJs. I, oh. I I I put on a more professional looking shirt, but I had a Mandalorian <laughs> shirt and my cardigan on earlier i'm like i gotta no she's gonna be looking professional i gotta look professional kind
0: Don't of all right i got my pajama uh, shorts on down here i'm, I'm professional top half only <laughs> <laughs> you got the,
1: the zoom outfit ready to go
0: yeah always <laughs> always
1: <laughs> well with uh, with your episode is there anything that i can give a shout out and a promo to outside of obviously you know your TikTok? Uh, but is there anything that I can give a shout out for? Uh, it could be a charity, it could be an organization, it could be a, a cause you really believe in. Is there anything that stands out that I could put in the show notes?
0: Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. The Victorian Pride Center is a um, is an organization in Melbourne and they had some events canceled uh, last night. They were going to do, it was going to be kids making badges and, and, yeah, queer kids coming together and just getting to sort of celebrate and have a bit of community and it got shut down because there was all these uh, threats made to the venue. So everyone's trying to come together mm-hmm. at the moment and support, support that venue and do what we can to sort of help out. Yeah.
1: Um, sorry folks. I'm, I'm writing notes down uh, by hand, uh, but one, <laughs> that's bullshit. I, I can't yeah. believe that. That's how ha- it's happening here so much too. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we'll definitely put that out there. That just, that, breaks my heart to hear but mm. uh i'm hoping listeners we're we're trusting you uh support any way you can give shout outs donate do anything you can to help these businesses because ah, holy
0: mm. it. i know <laughs> you feel so helpless you're like what can i what can i possibly do so yeah. like even a charity i was like oh that's actually so great to be able to yeah just do what oh, you can yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, short of like dressing up as Captain Planet and being a bodyguard for every venue, which I don't think would work, this is the next best thing <laughs> by far. Um, Bell, before we wrap up, I want to say like thank you for donating your time after your busy workday and coming onto the show. Uh, I <laughs> I wasn't quite sure when I reached out, I'm like, She's like she's TikTok famous. I don't know if she'd want to come on this show, but we'll see. She might be a little, little too famous for it. But I just want to thank you first and foremost before we get into the most awkward and the best part of this show, and that is the awkward goodbye. Uh, I don't think I had it in the show notes. No, I did not. I didn't send you anything about this.
0: Surprised those. me. <laughs> yeah,
1: surprise. Uh, but uh, actually, I need, I need to preface this every episode. Have you seen Wayne's World?
0: Wayne's World party time, excellent! Oh yeah, my I god. love Wayne's World. <laughs>
1: you're you're one of maybe ten people, right?
0: Oh, right. The cover of Rox um of Roxanne. Oh, oh yeah. so good! Yes.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, sorry, that just uh I melted my heart a little bit. Uh. But <laughs> This, uh, the end of every show we have here, uh, I will give you a silent Wayne's World countdown, cameraman style, and then when I point to you, just, you know, much like Garth when he's left by himself and Wayne leaves and he's in front of the blue screen just kind of murmuring, I want you to give me your best verbal awkward goodbye.
0: Oh, I love this! Oh, that's great. Okay. (laughs) You ready? You
1: ready to be awkward? Okay. All right. Here we go. In.
0: A good bubble.